This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 26, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court handed down today an end to a key provision of the Defense of Marriage Act, or DOMA. The decision throws out the main federal impediment to marriage equality, but leaves many questions about how states must now deal with the ruling's implications. Trevor Burris, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. In uh, his majority opinion, Justice Kennedy relies on both federalism and equal protections. What are we to make of that with respect to uh, DOMA? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, with DOMA, that means DOMA goes down. The more interesting thing is what happens going forward. And when you say, what are we to make of it? The better question is, what are the courts going to make of it? Because lower courts are going to have to apply this decision. So you have one thing where you say the federalism grounds, which is that there are states and there's the federal government, and the states usually have the ability to control their family law and how they want to define marriage. And and so some of Kennedy's opinion says that by, ha- by passing DOMA, the federal government is encroaching on states' definition of marriage. But then he also says that DOMA was passed because it wanted to hurt an unpopular group, an animus uh, motivation, which goes back to some opinions he wrote in the 90s. And so it, then it kind of seems like DOMA is suspect not just because it encroaches on states, but also why it was passed. And so the really interesting question, is this more of a federalism opinion or is it more of an equal protection opinion? Because the one thing we knew going into the decision, or at least I knew, uh, is that the, the court would not create a constitutional right to gay marriage in every state. But if they create an opinion that, that equally applies to the states that puts all the state laws on the chopping block, and that's the part of Kindy's opinion, the animus part of his opinion applies equally to state laws. So what I can tell you is in the next week, there's going to be about 38 plus cases uh, filed in every state that currently does not allow gay marriage using Justice Kennedy's opinion to argue against the laws in their state and saying, well, these were all passed for animus reasons too, and those should be struck down and not for the federalism concerns. With respect to animus, why is that relevant to uh – what states might do in the future. This is for equal protections purposes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Explain that. It's because uh, there, there are opinions and many of them were written by Justice Kennedy. For example, the Romer v. Evans opinion, which is Amendment 2 out of Colorado, that said, although uh, homosexuals may not be a protected class, the government cannot just pass a law because it doesn't like a group of people uh, motivated by bigotry. And at one point in Chief Justice Roberts's uh, dissent in that, he says, I, I'm not too okay with what Justice Kennedy did, which he basically said that all of the Senate and Congress who passed DOMA are a bunch of bigots. And, uh, and that is a, a dangerous area. But you could say the same thing about state governments that are prohibiting gay marriage. And so that's where the animus matters. So we have case law coming from the Supreme Court that says that laws passed for the purposes of bigotry are not constitutional under the Equal Protection Clause. And so then they can use that to attack state laws that don't, that don't allow gay marriage. Now, Justice Scalia was uh, fairly critical of the majority and uh, humorously so, I think, at points. Uh, he uh, chides them for not essentially deciding a, on a level of scrutiny that they would be applying to the decision. Then he sort of chides them for not invoking substantive due process even though much of the majority opinion does sound a lot like that. Could you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, Justice Scalia uh, had an impassioned and hilarious and well-written dissent, as always, uh, that's worth reading whether you agree with him or not, because he'll explain the issues very well. And the first issue is, do they have standing? And that does not get a lot of treatment in Justice Kennedy's opinion. But Justice Scalia is very, very upset that both Miss Windsor and the United States agree on the outcome. They both want her to win. So he says, there's no controversy here. We're actually just being asked to ratify their agreement. And that's not our job. He then moves on to them not identifying a level of scrutiny, which is to say they didn't say that homosexuals are a protected class that deserves some level of scrutiny, kind of like a like race has a level of scrutiny and gender has a level of scrutiny. They didn't say that. Instead, they give a hodgepodge of federalism and equal protection, a little bit of both and not all of one. And then he chides them hilariously for the substantive due process, uh, an actual right to gay marriage, which is something he's always not agreed with except for occasionally. And he's, he's pretty upset and I expected that to happen. Now, uh, in, in oral argument, Justice Ginsburg uh, made what I thought was sort of a, a telling comment when she suggested, hey, why don't we throw out – essentially, what, if I were to read into her comments, uh, why don't we throw out DOMA and then in a couple of years when the trend toward public support for gay marriage continues as it uh, most likely will, we – pick up the pieces. There was an analogy made too between the uh, bans on interracial marriage in the 60s because that's a, that's the concern with the court. Uh, if the court today uh, found a right to gay marriage in the Constitution, therefore striking down every law of every state that doesn't allow it, there would be a lot of anger about it. When the Loving v. Virginia case came down, uh, that only had 14 states left that were prohibiting interracial marriage. So they were at the sort of tail end of a trend and they just pushed it all the way and it, they didn't get a lot of backlash for that. And that we see that happening. Just between the time of oral argument and the time of the decision, we had three more states legalize gay marriage. It's happening very quickly. And Ginsburg wasn't totally wrong to say, you know, this would put us on a better footing than to do it right now. And that did show that the opinion would not be as far reaching, I think, uh, as, as to give a, a right to gay marriage, which is what we saw, saw today. So what's left of DOMA, uh, the all important section two, that essentially tells states, you do not have to recognize uh, marriages that have been arranged in other states. That's still on the books. Um, what, do, what do you make of that? Well, as usual, when the Supreme Court decides something big, they don't work out all the nuances. They shoot that down to the lower courts. And there are so many open questions here about how does this apply. So right now, that still stands, uh, Section 2. You don't have to recognize a, a same-sex marriage if you don't allow it in your, in your state. But now you have the sort of flip of what we had before. Now if you are a same-sex couple and you move from, say, New York to Ohio, you are now recognized as married for federal purposes but not for state purposes because they don't have to do that. Now there could be problems with that going forward, but there's going to be a lot of, of lawsuits and challenges made of, of all these different elements of federal law and how they apply for moving peoples. And we have a lot to see what comes down the pike in the future. And it, it, in all of this, it's worth remembering that marriage isn't just the actual contract itself. It is a bundle of lots of different rights, lots of different privileges that the state has sort of glommed onto and piled other benefits upon uh, based on that and uh, as you say will cause all sorts of litigation. Yeah. 1,000 uh, federal regulations that have to deal with marriage are now uh, – we have to figure out those are – those now can't discriminate but that's going to cause uh, some more questions in the future. 
Trevor Burris is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.